Hello, and welcome to Humanitis, a podcast dedicated to discussing things related to, well, being human. Why is it that we hate social media so much, yet we still can't seem to get enough of it? When do we decide that it's finally time to move on? Why do so many famous people throw their lives away to drugs? Why is laughing so goddamn weird? How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? The world may never know. These are all questions that I can't even begin to answer. I'm just an English teacher who writes fiction and plays music and video games in his free time. No, I don't want to answer these questions, but I do want to interrogate why these questions are so visceral in everyday society, and examine the ways in which, despite our differences, socioeconomic status, race, gender, sexual orientation, we all experience similar issues and have similar problems. We're all diagnosed with the same disease, humanitis. I'm your host, Jaden Lopez, and right now I'm starting to realize how strange it is to say your own name. Why is that? So, I want to start by talking about why I'm making this podcast in the first place, and I think it's mostly for the reason any of us do anything, really. Sort of for attention, but also because I think that in spite of my ignorance, I have some pretty unique things to say, and I feel I can offer another perspective on certain topics that you may or may not have considered yourself. Also, I just moved from California to Minnesota for grad school, So I'm a bit lonely, and a podcast seems like the perfect way to vent and give the illusion of human interaction, something I think we're all craving more now than ever due to the, you know, pandemic. But I don't want to talk about the pandemic. For this inaugural episode, I want to talk about someone I love, someone who I also hate, the first person I see when I wake up and the last face I see when I close my eyes. Her name social media, and she has perfectly plush lips, an incredible smile, flawless facial features, and not a care in the world. She wears a black dress, and she's ready to seduce you the moment you lay your eyes on her. But most importantly, she is batshit fucking crazy. I'm 23 years old, and social media has been a part of my normal life since the dawn of my first memory. But It wasn't until about a year ago that I realized I was falling victim to its addictive clutches. I found myself refreshing my Instagram feed to see how many likes or follows I garnered, even on days when I didn't post anything at all. I never felt insecure enough to where I started comparing myself to other people, more quote-unquote popular than me, but I did start feeling a lot more alone, which, when you think about it, sounds counterintuitive. How can you have access to everyone in the world, such as your garbage man, your mailman, that cute barista that always gets your drink right, Bruno Mars, Elon Musk, Nike, Canon, Drake, whatever. How can you have access to all of these microcosms, all these people's lives, and somehow feel like your life is shrinking? I've thought about this a lot, and the main reason that I can come up with is that we're all just chasing acceptance. We want to fit in. 
We want to be liked, loved, feel like we belong, and feel like we're making a difference. And that's not a bad thing. In and of itself, these are all things that make us human and help us survive. The problem, I think, arises when we amplify these feelings on the macro scale. Enter social media and all her glory, and suddenly we want to belong to literally anything and everything. And in some ways, we do belong. But that's the thing. We all belong. Simultaneously. Online, we're all the same, and that's what we wanted. Inclusivity. But now there's no individuality because we've thrown it away in the process. So now we have to invent our individuality, put on a facade or a front, and pretend that we're living a certain way. They say good luck making it in Hollywood, but all of us are already there. On social media, we're all actors. The stage is just digital. Now, let me take a step back. Social media does accomplish what it sets out to do. It connects us with people we otherwise wouldn't be connected with without it. I personally love seeing what my favorite musical artists are up to, and I like checking in with my friends, especially those I don't get to see very often on a normal basis. I really do enjoy sharing parts of my life that I think are interesting, and I think many people consider themselves in the same boat. But the boat is shaky. Even if you don't care about likes or follows or retweets or whatever, those are still there, in the back of your mind, and you know it too. You can't say you don't feel a little bit like a useless piece of shit when you get zero likes on a tweet you posted at 3 in the morning talking about, I don't know, how you like using walnuts instead of pecans in your banana bread recipe. Even if your intention is just shouting into the void, a means to vent what's going on in your mind, part of you expects people to see it or read it. If you didn't, you wouldn't post it. In this day and age, we have a visual, tangible representation of how liked we are. Only it's extremely unrealistic and inaccurate. I often scroll through my timeline and even if I think something is super interesting, hilarious, or for lack of a better term, great content, sometimes I don't signal that with a like. More often than not, I just keep scrolling. And that's not because I hate the person, right? Obviously not. To me... Whoever posted that piece of content already knows or will know how I feel about them and how much I value them when we interact in real life. Somewhere down the line, we began equating self-worth and value to the amount of time someone chooses to tap twice on a piece of glass. What the fuck is that? Jean Boudriard is a French sociologist, and he's widely known for his research on what he calls simulacra, which relates to how we use signs, symbols, and, as the term suggests, simulations to define our reality. He even goes as far as saying that our current society has replaced all meaning, including what it means to interact with other humans, with its simulated counterpart. Social media is one of these simulacra. But as Boudriard explains, this isn't just our reality. It's a new reality. A fabricated one. One that we invented and it's nestled itself right inside the nook of our brains where personality meets expressiveness. Suddenly, this isn't just reality, but a hyper-realistic version of it. A hyper-reality. So what did I do? Not too long ago, I deleted all of my posts on Instagram. Shocker, right? No one's ever thought of that. I don't have a problem if people can't see that I have a problem, right? Wrong. 
but it did do me some good. After I deleted all my pictures and temporarily disabled my account, I didn't go on Instagram for the better part of a year, and it broke my habit of unnecessarily opening the app, which in turn helped me live my life more for the now and more importantly for myself, not under the glance of others. This proved to work super well because once I finally decided to reactivate my account and start posting again, it was only things that I thought expressed myself in its truest form. Music, coffee, friends, video games, writing, whatever. I somehow managed to silence the part of me that craved external attention and started sharing my life in ways that fulfilled me intrinsically. And I think that's the healthy way to go about social media. I don't think we should eradicate it, mostly because I think that would be impossible, but we should learn about it and understand that it affects us a lot more than we may think. And I think we should be careful to not let it become our actual reality. A reality built on numbers and trends, algorithms. A reality built on comparisons. Jeez, I've only been talking for less than 10 minutes and it feels like I've been recording for an hour. Can we talk about that? Of course we can. That question was rhetorical and you have absolutely no control over what's going to come out of my mouth next. Apple bacon. See? No, but for real. Let's talk about time. Now, I don't want to appear like I'm trying to sound deep or that this is some sort of high talk, but isn't it kind of weird that we can experience the same amount of numeric time passing as passing at uh, different times? So, for example, I've been recording this podcast for about 10 minutes, but it feels like much longer to me. However, if I were to, let's say, go on a 10-minute bike ride, to me, time would go by much quicker, and I think I'd be able to gauge those minutes a lot more accurately. The brain's doing something weird here, and I'm sure there's evidence and maybe even you listening know what's going on, and I could research this for myself, but as an academic who researches things every single day of the week, I can attest that researching dulls my creativity most of the time and decreases my curiosity and overall interest in the subject. So, if you could humor my willingness to stay naive, that would be awesome. So, it might have something to do with attention and focus. Since I'm reading off of bullet points and meticulously figuring out what I'm about to say next, my brain is active and it's engaged in each ticking moment. But what about when it's not paying that much attention? Like when I go on a bike ride or when I'm writing something and I get into an insane rhythm and don't stop typing until I realize it's four in the morning. That's probably an example of flow state, where my body and my brain are both synced. Wait, synced? Sunk? The Titanic sunk? No. My brain and my body are both synced, uh, and I can transcribe all of my thoughts into a desired output or product. I don't have to think that much about pedaling a bike or following the natural flow of a conversation I'm writing between two characters. Of course, until after I'm finished, then I can edit for weeks, but anyway, I think attention has a lot to do with it. What do scientists say? Nothing exists unless there's something or someone around to observe it. Which begs the question, if we don't observe time, does that mean time doesn't pass? And furthermore, can we experience something without observing it? And let's just consider time itself. One o'clock, two o'clock, be there in five minutes. Don't get it twisted, I realize our world would absolutely crumble without measuring time. But what is time if not just the changing of individual moments? What constitutes a moment? 
At some point, we all just agreed that this numeric scale of change is how we delineate our position on the historical continuum. But why? These numbers work and make sense, but only because we constructed systems around them to make them work and make them make sense. <laughs> this is my postmodern brain acting up, so I apologize. Let's move on. Uh, talking about something else. Oh yeah, moving. So, like I said before, I just moved from California to Minnesota, and I've been here for about a month. And I gotta say, Minnesota, at least the part where I'm staying at, is really beautiful. There was about an hour drive from the airport where I flew in to the apartment in which I'm staying now. And literally the entire drive down the freeway is just green, both sides. Green grass, wide open fields, farms, every type of tree you could ever imagine. You know what it's like? It's like I walked through the wardrobe and discovered Narnia for the first time. I hope people still remember Narnia. And that's something I didn't get in the part of California where I'm from, which is near San Diego. Most of California is super industrial and squished together, and not a lot of people know each other aside from their individual cliques, you know, friends and family. Uh, but here, it's like the complete opposite. Also, something I noticed is that the majority of homes here don't have any fences around the property. That's some utopic, perfect world type shit, and I'm not used to that. I'm used to communities having community pools, not actual lakes in their residential areas. Um, I rode my bike. I rode my bike a lot uh, just to get exercise and pass time because I'm in a small little studio apartment and on my off days, I don't want to be, you know, cooped up in a little cubicle-like living space. It's enough space, but, you know, after, after a certain amount of time, you get a little bit claustrophobic. So I go outside, ride my bike, and... I was riding around the city and I noticed that every residential area has their own lake. And I'm just like, what is this? And so when I got my haircut last week, my barber, who was this lovely older woman, said that they're not 100% natural. She said that people dug giant holes for the lake so that when it rained, it filled with water, which is why there's water in it now, which helps irrigate the surrounding neighborhoods and helps sustain the wildlife. And when I heard that, I don't cry very often, but right then I thought about it. <laughs> so yeah, I've been here about a month and I started teaching and going to class, well, online. And online learning is very odd to me since I'm someone who cherishes in-person instruction. I feel like it's more engaging and my students pay more attention, but nonetheless, it's been enjoyable. And I think me being as young as I am and exposed to the internet uh, more than a lot of professors, it makes me able to provide my students with a pretty good online experience, which is my hope. Um, but it's all an adjustment period, like childhood to adulthood, which I think is something I'll talk about in the next episode. Uh, I have a story that I kind of want to share about that, um, growing up, that is. So if you made it this far, I'm going to do something that makes me feel incredibly awkward. And that is ask you to please share this podcast with your friends and family if you liked it. If you didn't like it, don't share it. <laughs> That's fine. And stay tuned for the next one. Also, if anyone from my family or any of my homies are listening to this and wouldn't mind leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts, that would be super, super sick. I would greatly appreciate that. And I'll make sure to give you a nice warm shout out in the next episode, which I'm not too sure how frequently I'm going to do these but probably when I have time or if something's really on my mind and I want to put it out there into the ether. But either way, it should be relatively soon. And yeah, thank you so much. 
My name is Jaden. This has been episode one of Humanitis. Stay safe and thank you for listening.